All right, we are live with Memory Tracks, episode thirty-four. It's a it's an interesting one. I really hope it goes well. Uh, I mean, I know the I know the episode will go well, but the thing that I'm worried about is, as I uh, explored in the episode number thirty-three, I changed my process and my gear and my recording, and uh, that resulted in me losing the audio files from the last episode, which I still in so upset about because uh the last one with my friend rebecca was a really special one and uh you know i've spent the past two weeks talking to data recovery people trying to figure out if there's any way i could get it back but uh, the bad thing about flash drives and the new macbooks is they're constantly overwriting themselves and so i didn't want to pay 500 dollars only to have a 20 percent success rate of recovering those files <laughs> So unfortunately, Rebecca's episode is um, between Rebecca and I and will never be heard, uh, at least not until we decide to revisit it in maybe 12 months fresh. But mm. that's OK, because we are here with number 34 today and I'm recording a backup version. So I've got my computer set up and then I've got my little Zoom recorder on the back end. And hopefully one of the two methods will work. We'll see. If not, I'm so sorry to myself and to my guest today for wasting our time. But regardless, I think it'll be really good. Hey, it looks like that so thing's recording. It looks like it is, huh? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not clipping yeah. out, is it? No, well. Is it clipping? It looks like it might be clipping. Yeah, you might <laughs> want to turn the input down. Yeah, on. let's turn that down. Oh, man, the joys of Your talk, man. The joys of learning how to record. This mic bar is lit up at the end. Yeah, we're good there. I think that, I think that works. <coughs> That's a little better. Okay. Cool. That's a newer Zoom, huh? Uh, it's like it looks it's a the little four, yeah. I think it's like two or three H4N. years. H four N. Yeah. Yeah, just because now they're like the it, six or something. It looks a little newer yeah. than mine does. <laughs> does it still use the HDSC card? Yeah. 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 Keep, I think so. Keep a format alive for God's yeah, dude. sake. Keep it Why alive. I, I well, I get I get annoyed with like, I mean, formats like going in and out of style and uh, yeah, they keep, they're always the changing you gotta buy years. new things in here well and it's like if you get a decent format like I, I get it that like a you know a mini sd card is much small it doesn't take up very much space but you can actually hold a lot of data on them yeah uh, you can get like a 64 gig one yeah where they used to be like four gigs yeah it's crazy know? and they cost like quadruple the price it's nuts well yeah but i mean like they they cost a lot less now than they used to yeah well my goodness, yeah but well at least it doesn't have any moving parts that's you know? true so less risk for yeah for dealing with losing episodes yeah <laughs> just think about that i mean like how many tape recorders do you have to keep on hand in case one of them crapped out for being used too much yeah well it's funny like um you know so i don't know that i even announced who the guest was but you've you've been hearing from him for the past uh, <coughs> 60 seconds so hey let me introduce my good friend orville um so welcome to memory tracks thanks for having me i know we've been talking about doing this for a bit it has so. been a while it's nice to have <coughs> our schedules like finally align and um well i'm trying to remember when you first brought it up probably like three or four months ago oh yeah because i think i did jason I want to say it was like, around the time we started doing the band. Yeah, I guess so. So like late nice, last like, year, January early this year. Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's uh well it's really cool to have you on. Um because I I've been in Austin for like twelve years and uh oh, out of those twelve years, probably nine of them I've been seeing your bands play in town. Huh. 
Like I feel like you're one of those guys that I just uh, you've been in so many bands and. Well, I don't think we even properly met until just every just year recently, ago. Yeah, no, you and know? that that was the cool thing is we. I mean, we met through Jason. Right. Um, and that was probably two or three years ago. Was it? I the first time that I remember that I actually remember meeting you is hanging out at uh, that bar on Congress. Hey. So I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember What's that day. What's it called? The uh, Townsend or the something. The Townsend. Yeah. yeah. But I think we met maybe a year before that at uh, what's the place with the like hip hop dance night fucking Fridays? Um, oh wait, was it Barbarella? No, no, no Jason's no. favorite yeah. place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the Eastern. We met at the Eastern one night. Uh, you had you were meeting up with Jason there or something. Where the hell yeah. is the Eastern? Uh, it's like uh, you, like the street past Vegas, like one the light past Vegas across from uh, Perla. Uh, White Horse. Uh, yeah, just like oh, yeah. that place. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah like yeah. the little garage. Okay, yeah. I I'm vaguely remembering that now, but it was one of those things. We went in there and we're like, huh, what the fuck? I don't I don't know if I like this. All right, let's leave. <laughs> let's go somewhere else. <coughs> yeah, I, I I'm a I'm a fan of their Friday dance nights for the record. But yeah, I remember meeting you there, and uh, I mean I I knew you through your I, bands. I didn't hang out for very long, and look, I didn't mean to make that sound like. You know, I'm against uh, hip hop or dance nights, but oh, no, no, no. they're just not really f- for me. Yeah, usually, no, hey, that's you know. there's there's no judgment cast there. Is I don't you know no. you know how you have to be like some people you don't have to be into music to dance to it. Yeah, but it kind of predicates dancing. Like I have right. to be into it. Right. Uh, so you know, case in point, uh, Jason loves to just go out to Barbarella and dance. Right. But Anytime that he's brought me over there, I last about five, ten minutes, and I'm like, all right, I can't <laughs> hang out here anymore. I feel like his birthday recently, <clears throat> you were there for a little longer. I don't know. Yeah, I think that was also <laughs> just like, oh, I don't mind just hanging out and talking and yeah, shit. Yeah, you know, it doesn't course. have to be like a dance night. That wasn't really a dance night for us. Either, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's cool that we've gotten to know each other better, and I guess probably back in like December or so, because we now are in a band together, yep. uh, which is fun. And so, yeah, it's Jason, who was episode like, uh, God, I don't even know, 23 or something, um, and Orville and myself. And uh, I mean, I think I told this to Jason when he came on, but it's the same for you, and uh, <coughs> definitely was excited to play music with you because I know that you have done cool shit in music for a long time in this town and it's awesome to well, I haven't even, I haven't even lived well <laughs> I appreciate it I haven't even lived here as long as you have yeah but I you've mean, done I, cool I started shit. playing here before I lived here yeah but, you know uh, actually the first time I ever played in Austin was at Beerland when I was like 19 you remember the band which band was yeah it was um, called The Influence influence how long did that one last uh they were around before i joined them okay uh, they were they started as a high school band what were you playing guitar or drums yeah. and i was playing with them uh and moved in with the guys uh after my first year in the dorm up at in unt yeah, yeah. <coughs> but no interesting a lot of stuff has, has happened in austin over the years like i don't know i could spend a while on stories about visiting here before uh, before actually making before the move, before yeah. actually living here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's weird about living up there in North Texas is that there was 
especially in Denton, this kind of anti-Austin attitude that a it's lot like of people It's like a chip had. on their shoulder. Yeah, and of, it was real. Yeah. It was real silly. You yeah, know? it was like big, big city, little city. But Austin's not even that big. You know, right. but compared to Denton, it's you know Denton. Oof, I would never move back there. Well, and I don't want to like get too deep into this if this is going to be part of uh, some of your songs, but um, I mean, Denton is basically just like one strip of two or three clubs, right? Uh, well, I mean, if you're talking in like the music scene yeah. stuff, um, that's when I was there it was different than it is now, okay. for sure. And they had the square, there's Andy's, people used to play J&J's basement. Yeah. <clears throat> Rubber Gloves had been around since 97 when they closed last year, I think. Okay. And uh, there was Haley's. Haley's was kind of the bigger uh, indie spot to play. Uh, open for Dead Meadow there one time. Oh, cool. That's the but Jack White and... Uh, no, no, I don't think he has... No, a, sorry. Uh, I'm uh, thinking uh, of no, Dead, Dead Weather. Weather yeah. uh, Dead Meadow is the like mountain record. They were on Matador yeah. Yeah. at the time. Yeah, they but had a really good record. In nobody the, came out to that show. Oh. We were like, all right, we're going to open for Dead Meadow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, nobody cares. Oh. You know, uh, and it was kind of weird, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, shall we get into it? Yeah, let's uh, let's kick it off with uh, with the first song. So, yeah, we've, we've mentioned that we've had to, I've tried to head Orville on for for a uh, few months now and uh you know one of the things is i always try and get the guests to give me the songs like the night before so i can do some research but unfortunately you were a little bit uh delayed in getting me that so well i mean <laughs> i don't i don't know that doing any research on the songs would necessarily benefit you yeah any more than us just talking about it that's yeah. fair that's that's fair i got the gift to gab yeah so we're gonna let you uh take the reins but um we'll start with the uh the first song that you picked which is uh by the pink fairies and it's the song called i wish a girl mm -mm. here we go no i wish i was a girl i wish i was a girl oh man yeah. see look i told you you didn't give me enough time to i wish a girl i mean you just look at it <laughs> <laughs> all right i wish i was a girl here we go
right? That was I Wish I Was a Girl by the Pink Fairies. Long, like, a punk band with a 10-minute song. You don't get that that often. <coughs> Would you consider them punk, I assume? Well, I mean, they were kind of progenitors of that in a way because, I mean, they existed during a time period. You know, it, w- it was post-hippie. Right. But it was in the U.K., so the way things went down was different there than it was going in the okay. States, you know. Um, and I, just judging off of what I've gleaned from reading and studying the musical trends, uh, you know, stuff that was coming out from England in the early 70s, you know, versus uh, States, it seemed like it was changing a little more. I don't know, that's, that's kind of not really being fair, but, you know, I s- regionally, yeah. Uh certain trends will stick around some places longer than they do others. Yeah. You know, or or they just morph in different ways. Uh they were definitely like a a radical band for their time and they're related to uh McFerrin and the Deviants. I don't know if you ever heard any McFerrin uh but you should check him out. Okay. Uh, but McFerrin uh was was a real weirdo and these guys that i mean on if you look at their wikipedia page it says that they you know promoted free music and use of psychedelic drugs and all that stuff and they would play outside of bigger music festivals they'd be <laughs> like the, the isle of white <laughs> festival where there's that footage you know of the who right uh playing to a ton of people <laughs> on a proper stage and there would be like a smaller tent like outside of the festival somewhere the fenced off with, with the less accessible, more, more extreme and, and just weird bands. Yeah. Uh, like Hawkwind. And that was these guys. Yeah. They would play with Hawkwind, which, you know, Lemmy was in right. beforehand. That's right. Yeah. And, and this album, they went through some lineup changes, but this album, Larry Wallace is playing guitar. He actually wrote that song. I wish I was a girl. He was actually in the first iteration of Motorhead. Really? Larry yeah. Wallace. Okay. Larry Wallace, yeah. Um and you know, like as far as the song goes, like meaning behind it and all that, I've hesitated to share it. Like I used to share vid- videos on Facebook, you know, just like yeah. sharing links, just putting it out there. Now if I do that it's more pointed usually in a direct message, but sometimes like on my friend Charlie Wyatt's page. Yeah. Uh, they don't think Wyatt is actually his last name. But anyway, Charlie lives in London. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll share videos, uh, you know, different clips of stuff back and forth to each other every now and then. Be like, how about this? You know, and um, anyway, um, whole thing behind the song for me, though, you probably have questions that you want to ask. No, you know? no, no, no. Tell me. Well, I first heard this song because I went into trailer space one day, uh, which, you know, was actually really close to here where you yeah. live. Um, and before, so because t- not everybody's from Austin, right. so tell me, uh, ex- explain the amazingness that was tra- trailer space for so many years. I mean, it was good and bad. <laughs> um Trailer Space Records was great because, uh, I mean, even though people did buy and sell records there, 
uh, I think what it really became known for is being more of a clubhouse. Yeah. And they had shows pretty frequently. There were poker nights that I attended occasionally and almost always lost money. Um, <laughs> lots of other things, you know, like fortunately it's gone. So I don't feel like I can really get anybody in trouble, but a lot of shit happened there. Yeah. Uh, in a relatively short period of time. Um, and now that building is just sitting vacant because, uh, uh, the owner of Eastside Pies hasn't been able to pull permits to turn it into his, yeah. you know, new big indoor dining room for the, you know, what has long just been like a little uh, walk-up. A little walk-up pizza yeah. spot, yeah. But, he, I mean, they used to put on awesome shows. Yeah, I mean, well, there were a lot of shitty shows, too. Yeah, I mean, course. the funny <laughs> thing about it was that, like, pretty much anybody would... Anyone could book there. Pretty much anyone, yeah, could book a show. But, I mean, one of the great things about that is it spot the owner and uh, other folks that, you know, took shifts there for no pay, mind you, um, <laughs> would, you know, sit behind the counter and drink and, you know, throw, uh, throw things at the band and yell at them in, in the middle of their set, just hecklers, you know. All right. Uh, really poor show etiquette, but, hey, it was their clubhouse. Yeah. Um, but anyway, one day I walked in, and it, I hadn't been living here that long. I want to say it was within the first year of me living here that I walked it's in. It's like 2009, 10. Yeah. I think it was 9 or 10. Um, yeah, I moved here just on eight years ago at the end of last month. So. Yeah. Uh, just had my eight-year anniversary and didn't even yeah, celebrate anniversary. it. Yeah, close enough. But um, anyway, yeah, I um, walked in there one day and Spot was playing something. I think he was playing Pink Fairies. And I was like, hey, what's this? This sounds really cool. And um, <clears throat> he pulled out uh, two of their records. One was uh, Never Never Land, which has the uh, their probably best known song, Do It, on it, mm -hmm. which if you haven't heard that, uh, and then their third record, the one that I wish I was a girl was on, uh, Kings of Oblivion. And he just pulled out personal copies and handed them to me. And he was like, go take these home, listen to them, make copies of them or whatever. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I thought that was really nice for him to do that. Uh, and, uh, that's really cool. Yeah. And so I think I ripped. I'd, I'd been working on it. It must have been 2010 because I, I ripped. I had one of those real-time CD burners. I still right. have it, actually. I got it from working on a record with uh, Wes Coleman, uh, and we needed nice. something to mix down to. And uh, Anyway, I just I made a CD of it and had to sit there and make sure to press pause and you had to flip between, well, between each track. Oh, so, you so could that have it would, it would yeah, whatever. it would start a new track. Yeah, you know, or I, I think I had maybe I had to stop it, but it was like, you know, I, I wanted to be able to listen to it in the car where I could skip. You could skip songs. Yeah. yeah, and so I got into the habit of ripping records to CDs that way, and uh, that was one of them that uh, was in in my CD player a lot. I think one of my favorite memories of this song. I went to hang out at uh, my friend Allison's house one night after working a shift at, at Beerland, and it was in 
January or something, and it, it happened to be the coldest time of that year. And uh, Max Meehan and I were working at Beerland that night, and uh, I gave him a ride home up north, and it started snowing like as we were leaving uh, downtown. Yeah, that was the year that yeah, it snowed yeah. in Austin, right? Yeah, I mean, it's actually done it a couple, a couple of times, times since I've lived here, but... Uh, yeah, I think that was early 2010. Sounds right. Yeah. Um, and I gave him a ride up to uh, his place, and <laughs> we got on the highway, and like we could see like trucks like sliding, sliding sideways. Nobody knows how to drive. It was and so ice so scary, so man. Yeah. Like we were like, as soon as we got down the <laughs> ramp, we're like, oh, this was a bad. We survived. Idea. <laughs> yeah, but we made it through, even though we were going maybe 15 miles per the hour. Whole way. Yeah. Yeah, it took forever to get up there. What would normally be like a 10 minute drive, and uh, and then because uh, her place was on the way back to where I lived, and you know a few people were hanging out and they had you know some booze around, uh, I show up, hang out for a little while, got stoned. And, you know, I know this is uh, very irresponsible, and I really tried to curb this in more recent years. But uh, fortunately, because of the snow that night, when I decided it was time to leave, there was nobody on the road. <laughs> but it was coated in about, you know, half an inch right. yeah. or more of snow. And it was fresh because it was nighttime. Very so it fresh. So it was kind of awesome, yeah. you know. You couldn't see the road lines at all. Yeah. But um, – did a couple of little fish tails yeah, in it, but I just experiment. cranked this record and, or this album uh, while, you know, all stone would be like, man, music really sounds good when you're high. <laughs> uh, but uh, not always, but. Um, in that instance. Yeah, but that just like, I don't know, it felt very romantic to me at the time. Yeah. And I was listening to it a lot and. Uh, yeah, listening to that song kind of reminds me of that and being in a town that's normally pretty fucking hot and being like, oh, I'm surrounded by snow everywhere. It's a really rare occasion. And I'm blasting this shit. Yeah. And like I should be getting pulled over and arrested right now. Right. But nobody was out, not even the cops. You know? It's a weird like that happens. I feel like in Austin occasionally more regularly than most places where we're still a small enough city like geographic like physically and stuff i mean yeah we have a lot of people that live here and are spread out a lot of ways but when like a big event like that happens you just find yourself in these really bizarre situations that feel like you woke up right and you're still in a like some sort of weird dream state where anything is possible i mean if you went anywhere that's used to having snow that's nothing but it's know? not just snow i mean like there i think back to like well, there was that night where there was a really bad storm over the course of like two hours and it like blew down a bunch of trees and it just like was that recently? Out rain. No, this was probably like five years ago. I remember right. I was at like the draft house in a movie and we came out and like the world was a totally different place. It was like a zombie apocalypse had happened because there was no one out driving, no cars. Was it just All the pouring lights were rain? out. It was, no, the rain had stopped. That was the weird oh. thing was like. But the power downtown had gone out? The power had, well, no, I don't think it went out because we finished the movie. Like, we had no idea it was happening. Oh. But a lot, it was just one of those storms where trees blew down, houses had been, like, had trees that, like, went through their roof, and cars were messed up, and uh. just no one was driving anywhere. And I think huh. there had been, like, a big hailstorm. But it was just, like, those weird moments. Or then when you get, like, the big freezes where no one goes to work that day, and then you end up 
driving anyways and you're like well, yeah. there's no one on the road it's well it's so it's great for that but what sucks is that like you know you would want to go to the grocery store like oh sorry we're not open you know because our you employees no won't yeah, drive no employees. but it's, it's it's so i i get it that you know people are people here are generally inexperienced uh, with driving in snow or yeah, ice or just extreme like conditions that. in general. I mean, that kind of stuff, like when it shuts down here, <laughs> it is not a big deal. It's really but not. because people aren't used to it, like they people are getting into fucking crazy wrecks and they like yeah. drive the way they normally do, thinking that they can, you know, zip through a turn. But like, I mean, nobody, nobody keeps tire chains. Nobody gets yeah. cleated tires here. No, when you yeah. when you when this song comes up and you hear it or you decide to play it for yourself, do you get like that fleeting moment of like anything is possible? I'm going to speed through this. <laughs> I didn't do that though. I mean, okay, like okay. I still follow the rules, but I yeah. did like play a little bit because I could feel it, and I All was right. like, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but it, it wasn't like bad enough that I like spun out or anything, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um. And actually, the closest that I came to doing that was far more recently when I got rid of that car. I was driving it back to my parents' place in spring, yeah, and it had just rained, and I was about five miles from their place, and like a car in front of me braked suddenly, and I didn't have much time, and and I slammed on the brakes, and then the car started to swerve sideways, but I was able to ride it without you know anything without bad happening. Bad, yeah. But of course, your adrenaline starts pumping. I'm just like, <sighs> I'm almost home. Please, Please don't kill me in this car yeah. right now. Like, I just want to get rid of this car. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but, but really, I mean, like, I don't, I think it's the, the overall sound and the feeling of the song. It's very, like, epic sounding yeah, at times, no, you is. know? Yeah. And it's a, it is a bit long winded with the guitar solos, and I'm definitely not nearly as into that as I used to be. Yeah. But, uh, I think, you know, they have pretty good melody. So if you're in the mood for it, you know, it can, I don't know. It does it for me now. It does have sentimental value. Yeah. But, um, but as far as the sentiments of the song, I mean, it reminds me that like so much of the music that I have listened to, uh, in my lifetime, uh, and have been really into, uh, has been you know, largely, uh, unfortunately, uh, quite misogynistic. You mm. know? Or um, I don't know if there's a lesser term for that, but I guess we'll just go with misogynistic. And yeah. it, the, you know, what it sounds like he's saying in the song is, I wish I was a girl in that, uh, you know, it would be easier if I were a girl. Mm. But like, I've, I'm kind of like, I'm not even totally sure what they're, trying to convey what the message was from yeah i mean i would have to ask them to really know but i mean it was for the time like for the time that it came out to say that in a song was pretty edgy you weren't going to hear that on the radio yeah you know? and it was pretty weird and like you know uh how much uh homophobia has, uh and and attitudes toward uh uh gays and lgbt mm -hmm. Uh, etc you know mm -hmm. community has, has changed over the years and it must it, apparently you know in a lot of the world was much more of a homophobic place and openly mm. so 
but I mean, it's still there. Yeah. It's just like racism. It doesn't go away. You yeah. know, like it's still there. Yeah. Um, but I, and, and I don't, I don't actually wish to be a girl myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think I ever have really, but it sounds funny to me mm-hmm. to say that like <laughs> this really dramatic chorus, like repeating over and over, like in, in grand harmony, I wish I was a girl. Like, I think conceptually it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know how other people would receive it. You know, I, yeah. only, I only have my perspective on that. So. Yeah, I mean, I think there's... And, it, and I don't expect other people to appreciate it either. You right. Know, but, like, uh, there, there's another ongoing theme about the songs that I picked tonight that I'll touch on later that it's kind of touched on and yeah. what I was just talking about, though. Cool. So... Well, with that, do you want to go to the next one? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So the next one is uh, by a band called Wire, and the song is called Used To. Here we go. All right, that was Used To by Wire, which Wire is a band that I think probably, I mean, I knew the name, but I only started listening to them through knowing Jason over the past few years, who's obsessed with this band. Um, and uh, great song and yeah. cool cool pick. But 
Um, you know, what's funny about Jason and Wire is that I think I might have... You started that, didn't you? I think I might have initially introduced yeah. him to their music. And, and if I remember correctly, and this has happened multiple times with other friends as well, where I show them something that I've just gotten into mm -hmm. and they reject it outright. You know, <laughs> and then later like years later. way way later they're just like oh my god this is amazing and i was like i've been i tried to tell you, you that. what happened but i mean i've been on the other side of that you know i've yeah. had friends yeah, introduce me to stuff that doesn't that i don't pick up on right away you know right sometimes it just has to hit you at the right moment yeah and you know if you hear like one song that you really like and i know jason has admitted this a lot um but i don't think it's terribly uncommon that you know you'll hear a song um, by an artist and and you may be really attached to that one song even if you start listening to the rest of their catalog right uh, and you might be like oh this is also good but you might be so attached to that one song that you don't actually you, yeah you pick just up never on go past it. takes you a while to pick up on it if you ever get there yeah and this is the problem with one hit wonders and uh you know, the attention spans of the uh, fickle audiences. <laughs> right. Like, I, I dated a girl for a little bit once who uh, I was talking about Devo yeah. to her. And she's like, they only had that one song, oh, no. that one good song. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. I realized that it was their Thank biggest you. hit, but <laughs> they have other, so much other amazing stuff. And, right. And she just, just had was, never she wasn't, the time she wasn't having it. it. Yeah. You know? But, you know, that's yeah. not up to me. Yeah. You can't force music on people. No, of course. You know. Well, another example of me, and, and I was not, like, forcing this on my friend either, but uh, my friend Greg, mm -hmm. who plays uh, drums and bad sports um, with me, uh, I remember I had a Blue Oyster Cult CD on in the Blue car. Oyster Cult. Yeah, it's a good band. Um, and I had their third record on, I think, uh, yeah. Secret Treaties. And I was listening to that, driving. He was riding with me. We were driving back to the house or something. And as we were getting home, he was just like, can you turn this off? And I was like, why? What's wrong with it? And he's <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. I don't like it. It's cheesy. You know? And I was just like, oh, you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know, so I appeased him and turned it off. Right. A couple of years later, you know, he's got a Blue Oyster Cult tattoo and you know, <laughs> has a shirt or Became two and obsessed. loves their band. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he loves them, you know, but it's never immediate. Yeah. You know? I mean, uh, what's, well, the, what's the Blue, Blue Oyster Cult record that would convert somebody? Is there one? I don't know. I think that um, I acquired my copies of the first three albums through an old roommate's ex-girlfriend okay because they were her older brother's records gotcha and her older brother was significantly older than her yeah so he had records from the 70s yeah so he had the yeah she was there. like baby baby sister gotcha you know and uh is that your dog that's my dog yeah you get out front <laughs> no uh he barks whenever people walk out back uh I'm on the corner, so oh, anyone wow. that walks by the fence, he has a booming uh, okay. bark. Uh -huh. It's okay though; it's a it's a it's a signature tip to the podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't ruin things. No, but um, 
anyway, um, yeah, I'd say the first three albums yeah, uh, by okay. Blue Oyster Cult. Okay. But the same is said for Wire. I mean, it, we yeah. were talking about Wire. Uh, the first time I heard Wire, I was living in the dorm, Clark Hall at UNT. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was right around this time that I, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this or if Jason has ever pointed this out to you, but he seems to be the one to point it out to a lot of people that up until I was 18, uh, people called me Trey. I've never heard this. Well, my full name is Orville Bateman Neely Third. Okay. And because I'm the third, the third my dad decided to call me by Trey uh, to distinguish from being his son and himself. So you wouldn't be calling out for two Orvilles in the same household, you know? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and uh, and you wouldn't want to be like, big Orville, little Orville. Right. You know? I mean, so Trey was just like a, okay. a good way to Easier. Do that. You know? yeah. And it's monosyllabic, so it's yeah. easier. But, I mean, a couple of reasons that I stopped using it. Uh, but this was right before I got introduced to their first album, Pink Flag, mm-hmm. by a guy down the hall who also went by Trey. Mm. And I think I had set up all my shit in my room, uh, and I, I put the stereo in the corner, and I s- stacked up two sets of speakers uh, so it could be extra loud. Yeah. And um, I think I was jamming the first Ramones album really loud. And he came down and knocked on my door. And I was like, oh, sorry, is it too loud? too loud? And he was like, no, no, no. no, no. I I love this album. It's good shit. Yeah, yeah. We should talk. We should hang out. I'm like, okay. And I went to some show with him and a couple other people in Dallas. And uh, on the way back, we were listening to Pink Flag in the car, and I was like, what the fuck is this? This is <laughs> awesome. And then that song, 1-2-X-U, came on, yeah, which I was familiar with uh, from having been a fan of Minor Threat you know, since right. high school. But it was one of those things where, like, I don't think I made the connection when I was younger. Like, it was not always my inclination to be, like, seeking out, you know, original versions, even though I knew based on liner notes and i read liner notes yeah but that didn't mean i was like jumping to yeah you weren't following the the trail well uh, yeah i wasn't always doing that and uh you know i probably could have been a lot further ahead if i had been more studious but you know you learn what you learn um and um anyway um i was like oh yeah this is that minor threat song he's like no this is this is the real song this is the real version i'm like Oh, okay, oh, cool. Yeah. I need to get a copy of this. Can I rip it from you? Yeah. I borrowed <laughs> the CD from him, and it exploded in my CD drive. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, I put it in to rip it, started going, then I heard, and I saw something pop. Like a spark? or No, just like, just like the it jolted, you know? Yeah. And I opened up the CD drive and it's just smashed. I was like, what the fuck? I just borrowed this. I just met this guy. Yeah. And he's looking at me like, dude, like, why? Like, he was like, I'm going to regret knowing you. One yeah. of those kind of things, you know. <laughs> oh. And then later, um, my friend Shane English, uh, he was one of the 
people that I met within the first few days of living there at Clark Hall, him and my buddy Aaron uh, Marshall and uh, Daniel Larson, also known as Lars Larson and was uh, for a time being known as Liz Larson, mm -hmm. uh, but is back to being a male again, as far mm -hmm. as I know. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, met a lot of people within the first week, and I met those guys within the first couple of days and uh, became good friends and even played in bands with them. And uh, Shane uh, introduced me to a lot of music uh, over time, uh, but especially in the first, you know, um, four, you know, three or four years of knowing him, just so much, yeah. so much stuff. Um, and, you know, I would have, I would have picked a can song, uh, yeah, you know, RIP. thinking about Holger Suke, right. you know, yeah. dying, uh, but yesterday, right? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I don't need, you don't need to make tributes and dedications yeah, all the yeah, time to course. the, you know, of course, everybody else is doing it. Jump on the bandwagon. But yeah. Anyway, uh, like Shane, uh, fortunately made a, uh, he made me a mix of wire stuff. He was like, these are all my favorite wire songs and put them on a CD for me. And listening to this album, especially, I really loved Pink Flag. I appreciate uh, 154 or 154, however you call it, um, yeah. a lot more now, but, um, at the time, for some reason, I really uh, latched on to Chairs Missing, their second album. Yeah. Uh, I really liked the mood of it and all that. And it just so happened that my first fall uh, at UNT, it was, you know, it was cool out and it, and it rained a lot too. So it was a very like, kind of uh, dreary, mysterious sort of mood about the place. But it was also, you know, in a new environment, you know. And yeah, you're like in college, you're outside of, you're from spring originally, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was also, you know, the year that uh, GW got reelected. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, so this just really it, set it, the it, mood for that? Well, you know, it was like an important time uh, to me because yeah. I just started college I was living away from home for the first time, uh, and I was becoming a lot more social than I had been before that, and um, making a lot of mistakes, of course, you know, yeah. and not being, not being as good of a person as I wish I had been. But um, I, I stood to get a lot worse before I got any better. So, um, yeah. but it was an interesting time to me. And still this time of year when it starts to cool down, I used to dread this time of year because I hated going back to school. But now I, I really like it. And um, uh, sometimes kind of, you know, wish I could go back to school. Yeah. So I enjoy learning. And I kind of like, you know, I, uh, ever since being out of school, I appreciate the structure of it. Yeah. And having, you know, with, you know, a, a good professor, having material uh fed to me in such a way right that you know i can interact and and if i'm engaging on a topic that's great if i could have actually you know picked more of my courses i don't know if that would have done me any better but you know if you never know if something is going to interest you or not yeah every now and then i would find subjects that i used to write off and ignore or 
suddenly being more you know engaged by literature and uh, and even history yeah. and uh, science for that matter. Well, it's like that that prospect of a new semester of it's going to be new classes, new professors, new people you'll meet, and so everything's yeah, and new and, and fresh. Yeah. And you know that you're going to learn not just academically, but right. also within. Well, and, and there was a lot that I had to learn about people. Yeah. And I, st I still think that I'm glad that I went to college because, uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be doing the same stuff that I'm doing right now. If, but, but I don't know. I mean, if I had just not bothered with that, I'll tell you what I wouldn't have is, uh, the debt still lingering over my head. Yeah. But, um, I might have debt for another reason, you know, yeah. but who can tell? I mean, like, that's how it went, yeah. but, but it was a great experience, and uh, I did learn a lot about myself and about other people. I don't think I retained a whole lot of, you know, factual knowledge from all the courses that I took, but I think if you can take them some kind of fundamental yeah. uh, core lesson from a thing, I'd like to think I you got that. took that away from some right. of it, you know, and... Uh, but yeah, it was it was a different time. There were a couple of people that I had gone to high school with that were also at UNT that I kind of kept in touch with. But you know, once I figured out that I could make new friends, you know, and I could, uh, I didn't have to be, you know, I wasn't the same person anymore. Right. Uh, yeah, you could kind of reinvent. In yeah, a lot of ways. yeah. I mean, I was out of my comfort zone, and I was in a different place, and it was great because I was away from all the stuff that I had been so used to. Yeah, and uh, you know, especially being under, you know, constant surveillance. Though they were, you know, pretty re relaxed. Uh, yeah, from my parents, and uh, but the other thing, uh, side note, uh, the whole reason that I applied to UT. Or UNT, because I thought, <laughs> I thought Jason was going to be going <laughs> there, uh, and then he changed his mind and went to a different. But school. didn't tell you until you had already. No, he didn't, it. and it is, you know it was the only school that I applied to. Yeah, and because <laughs> he left you out to dry. Whatever, I mean, and because they accepted, because they accepted me. Yeah. Based on my uh, mediocre SAT and ACT scores. Right. I was like. Sure. Yeah, I'll just go there. Why not? You know, and yeah. I thought I was going to go in for engineering and ended up uh, getting into radio, TV and film and, uh, you know, playing in a bunch of bands while I was there and and realizing that was really what I wanted to do all along. So here I am still doing that and uh, failing at other courses in life in pursuit of, you know, childish dreams. I think that's a pretty pessimistic view to well it uh, don't read into it too much yeah. I mean yeah this it does come off kind of negative but uh, I mean I I kind of enjoy like a nihilistic sense of humor in a way that's true you do like that but not not to the point of uh, I don't I don't I'll, t I'll put it this way I don't like I'm not a big fan of uh, laughing at other people's expense unless it's um, you know pointed mm -hmm. and has a purpose you know or someone is an asshole yeah and needs to be uh cut down to size but yeah um, i mean 
and I, I have been a very mean person before, uh, but um, and I don't. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not always, you know, that negative. But I could be a lot more negative. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I have to allow myself to be a dynamic person. Yeah. And one of those aspects of my personality is a bit of nihilism. Do you so pessimism? You know, I, I, I always think for. For you and getting to know you, I mean, you're talking about the bands that you pick and the music that you listen to. You're always sending me songs of artists that I don't know and stuff that I don't know. And you talk about this moment of getting recommended wire through a random chance of, hey, you're blasting the Ramones in your dorm. Well, yeah, and it just so happened the ride home from a show ended up being like how I heard it. And I was like, yeah. what is this? This is awesome. Yeah. You know? Do you think, I mean... Did you have that in you prior to college? And oh yeah, a big part of the no, I mean, but the thing is, is that like, I mean, I'm as as stubborn as anyone else. Yeah. When it comes to that kind of stuff, like, yeah, if if you're if you're asking for it, if you're like, show me something, and if you're asking somebody to show you stuff, right, then you're you're going to be more receptive. Yeah. But if somebody thinks you want to know stuff. Because you're like, you have to listen to this. Like, dude, you got to check that out. Yeah, you got to catch it. Or you're going right to love time. this. Yeah. Being told you're going to love this thing. Right. I don't like having my expectations built up. Yeah. Because you never know. Yeah. And uh, I try not to tell people. I try not to do that with people. I try not to say, like, like this is going to be your next favorite album. Yeah, you know? no, I don't think or, I do that at all. Or, like, you're going to love this shit. But, like, if I know, if I know that you're into a thing, I can usually make an educated yeah, you'll kind of cater it and know yeah. that, hey, if they go down this path, they probably yeah. will like it. It may not be up your alley right away, and you may be more attached to something else. I mean, hell, like, you're not always in the mood to, yeah. to listen to a certain thing that it's like, you'll come around. Yeah. When you get tired of that, you might visit this. You know? Well, it's kind of like when you came over for uh, the Super Bowl party this past year, and we introduced you to Lady Gaga, and you were... <laughs> I I had heard her stuff before. No, I knew I knew her stuff from. Uh, I knew her. I think whatever song it was that she was doing, I was like, oh, I didn't know that was her. But I mean, dude, I I worked. Uh, Beerland karaoke nights. Oh yeah, so you, when yeah. I you know first couple years I lived here, right. and so I heard all the popular Lady Gaga shit at yeah. the time. You yeah, know. that's fair. I was aware too because they announced it yeah. very proudly. You know. It was everywhere. Uh-oh. Cucaracha. <laughs> um, shall we go to the, the final song? Sure. All right. The last song is by uh, a repeat artist for the uh, for the podcast, but it's uh, a band called Flipper. And the song is Way Off the World. It's the Way of the World. Way of the World. Yeah. Man, I can't read my own handwriting. I'm sorry. <laughs> way of the World. Here we go. Way of the World.
Way of the World by Flipper. Flipper. So yeah, we had uh, Ha 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 was one of the previous Flipper songs that was referenced in mm -hmm. the episode number seven. So I think that's from their first EP. While. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't know this one prior to prior to tonight. So well, this is on their first proper album, Generic Flipper. What uh, what label were they on? Do you remember? Uh, I don't know. In the early days, um, might have been like you know, if this you know might have they put out themselves or um, might have been you know, uh, local. Yeah. For them. San Francisco, San Francisco label yeah. at the okay. time, um, but so they had had like the demos and stuff before, and then this is their first proper. I've, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, but oh, I guess David Yao is touring with them these days. Um, Who's that? He was in uh, Scratch Acid. Mm, yeah. Jesus Lizard. <clears throat> so that was a couple of years ago, actually, that they were... Uh, they were touring with him? Yeah. Where, yeah, David Yao was on vocals. Um, and apparently, like, I need to go back and do some homework because uh, Subterranean Records looked like it was probably pretty cool just showing off how uh, little I know, as usual. Um, but yeah, San Francisco independent label. Um, it's like a lot of cool stuff. Huh. Well, see, this is why you have to give me the songs the night before so I can research this. And well, I mean, <laughs> it's it's really not. Um, again, I mean, it, I, I I doubt that you know people are going to. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, criticize you that much for not knowing a thing or two. <laughs> I mean, for, for sure, they could probably tell, you know, uh, by your delivery. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, I, I you're like, I just learned this. <laughs> and next. And next um, song is way off the yeah. world. <laughs> way off? Oh, so check it out. Um, that that uh, link that I sent you the other day for that one Chrome album. Yeah. Uh, looks like Subterranean. Subterranean put that out too. They put out some oh, Chrome. Okay. I don't know if they put out that so particular. So we got Okay, so this warrants further further digging in. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but when you the lewd. But so f as far as you knew, when you first heard this song, it was was this the first? It's the first record for them. Is well, this the first. It's the first, the first album. You heard? And the way that I heard it. I mean, I'd actually, my same friend, Shane, uh, and my buddy, Aaron Marshall, Is I know. Is Shane from the dorms? Yeah, and we played in a band called Chief Death Rage together uh, with our friend, Aaron Marshall. Um, that's a whole other story. Was for that a Denton band? Yeah, that's a story for another time. <laughs> but um, Short-lived, or? Uh, we were around for about two and a half years. Okay, yeah, that's um, good. But it ended very strangely. Um, anyway, I remember that those guys uh, told me that Flipper was great, and I think they had played them for me. But I had listened. I didn't get it, you know. Yeah. Like I was. It wasn't used obvious right away. Hell no. I mean, I was. I was used to music not being that. I wasn't. 
was definitely not used to that level of avant-garde yeah and dissonance and uh they were much more attuned to that shit you know uh so they they were you know on a completely different plane i don't know how they got there but uh they knew a lot of stuff that i didn't you know yeah. and i'd always been more of a rock guy and uh hard rock you know yeah and and when i first was in college in spite of all the stuff that they were showing me which was great i was also getting really into blues uh and you know i said i was going to touch on this earlier uh, i mean i have been really influenced by a lot of black musicians mm-hmm. um but uh apparently none of the stuff that i've shared here today is done by any black musicians um yeah. they're all white it's hard to pick three they're no, they're all white not, this does not encapsulate all of your music no numbers. no i get it but they're all white <laughs> male performers yeah um two of which are british groups and it's all from 30 plus years ago so uh (laughs) not very fresh uh and and you know for uh for the amount of stuff that i feel like i've been exposed to over time not you know it's not it's not as deep as someone who worked at a record store could go, but I've never worked at a record store. <laughs> and uh, though I would love to, I also think it would probably be kind of annoying and boring, you know, yeah. sitting around a lot. But yeah. but to have access to that much music, I mean, awesome. But yeah, I might grow jaded as uh, you know, record store employees are often portrayed. <laughs> I don't know if you remember <laughs> or or just being like loopy like that uh that one character from uh, the Jack Kids, in, Kids in the Hall. Oh, yeah. Uh, the record store guy talking about the doors. That was really funny. Yeah. I don't think you would hear that so much these <laughs> days. But um, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I'm thankful to have all the people that have shown me stuff over time. And I don't know, I don't know if you really caught the drift of that song, but that's it's pretty dark. And, and nihilistic in a way, I think. I didn't. Can you walk me through that? Um, you know, yeah, yeah. I guess I should have sent it to you last night. You could have listened to it I a know, few more I times. Know. I'm sorry. Get a sense of the lyrics, but um, the more disgusting line being like their hearts still beating and entrails on the floor. Um, and I'm not even saying it right. Um, uh, anyway, uh, there are eyes that cannot see and fingers that cannot touch. You know, that's the way of the world. And there's a lot of misfortune in the world, you know. And I think that um, while I appreciate, you know, positive attitudes and outlooks on things, it's not, I don't. I don't consider it uh, healthy or realistic to be entirely happily, you know, like happy-go-lucky or uh, right. You can't overly be positive all the time. Things will. I think it's good to have, you know, a, like a uh, sense of realism. Yeah, but I, I think it's good to have, you know, a positive attitude in the sense of getting shit done and making things happen, you know, and uh, not getting discouraged, you know too easily but that but that all very i think very few people are born with that 
sensibility uh and and it takes a lot of experience i mm -hmm. think to get to a point where you have to make a decision to be motivated yeah you know and it's very easy to get cut down by misfortune uh or you know to to grow up with built-up expectations and to have you know just just to have so much disappointment but like right. i mean it's also important to remember like the we we get to do this we get to talk like this yeah. we get to have yeah this kind of conversation you know and and talk about these things in our spare time we have spare time yeah um which really nobody does but i mean you only have as much time as you're here right but um but I, I do appreciate some realism and i think one of the things that when i finally got it with this band uh i had been through enough disappointment at that point that um i started to really get like the seemingly negative uh messages in their songs but i mean and I, I was getting the term wrong earlier, but I wanted to say uh, altruistic method, but I don't think mm. that's true. Um, it, that actually means something different than what I thought it did. And uh, But to say these, to make statements that uh, altruism having nothing, not necessarily have anything to do with uh, truth necessarily. Yeah not intrinsic in its in its definition but um but that there's some truth in what they're saying and it's presented in a very simplistic fashion uh the words are very clear and they say it all and you can draw more meaning from it and and interpret it how you like but it sounds pretty clear and and i got into flipper right around the same time that i got into sleaford mods which yeah, you're repping today for sure right right um and um and and both of those i mean coinciding uh around the same time felt fortuitous to me because even sleaford mods to a lot of people right up front will sound very negative and antagonistic but uh, I I think that's that's face value. You're not if 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 you think that it's all negative, or the guy's a crank, or that he's bad, or that he's probably an asshole. Not saying that they couldn't be assholes. Everyone has that potential, but um, that I think it's it's a matter of like uh, temperament. Yeah, you know, and I I've dealt with anger issues and stuff like that over the years um and i think i've gotten a lot better at it um but it still comes up every now and then and to be able i think there's also you know been i've had a lifetime struggling with how to express myself through words yeah not just in speaking to people but also through a song mm -hmm. uh and and on paper you know i should be able to express my thoughts I have this desire to express my thoughts concisely as well as precisely. Right. I want to pinpoint. It's hard to pack the meaning into it. It is. Uh, 
And it, yeah, I mean, once you finally decide on what it is and it's recorded, you can't change it. It mm -hmm. will always be that. Although that's not true. You can't, you may not be able to. I can't change the words, but you could change the. Well, if, if it's, you know, if it's a song and it's out on a record, you know, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. You could change it when you do it live. That's true. You could re-record it later. Yeah. But if your definitive version is such. I mean, that's a it, lot of pressure in the process. Though. But it doesn't matter. I mean, like if you look at it this way, I mean, like people change over time. Of course. What's unfortunate is that if you get known for a thing, and even if you continue to work, yeah, and produce more stuff after that, people may still know you for that thing that you did earlier on. It's very hard for them to. And 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 if you have past that. yeah, if you have an audience, a fan base, if if they're not paying attention, they might get stuck with this idea of who you are and how you are in their mind, and they might interpret it in a way that you didn't intend. Right. You know, but like that doesn't mean you're not allowed to change. Right. And uh, I've done and said a lot of things that I know now, you know, were wrong. Yeah. And were not how I ultimately feel. But I also realized that. Uh, you know, uh, emotions and even perception is transient, you know, like yeah. you don't, you, you may learn things over time, but you can always unlearn them. And, and, uh, you know, your circumstances will dictate a lot of that as well. Yeah. Uh, and the choices that you make in order to get where you want to go to achieve the things that you want to do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I'm. There's a lot of stuff that you know that I've done and said in the past that I um, didn't think about enough before I expressed those ideas. Um, but you know, I was younger and I was still learning. I'm still right. learning. Yeah, we always are. Uh, I mean, I think that that's part of being part of being human, a, a human person, and then but also making yourself a creative person that puts yourself out there in these different forms then you know you just if anyone's a, paying attention you take yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a privilege yeah to get criticism from people right to have well it's a growing experience too that well it's important behind it yeah but 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 recognize that it's it's a privilege first of all to be able you know to be allowed to express oneself yeah um, and that um, it's a privilege then to get any kind of feedback from other people, right? Especially criticism. I think criticism, even if it comes off as negative, I mean, I've often been told. I don't know if you've gotten this, but I've often been told, and it's been impressed on me by other people that you're not you're not supposed to care about what other people think, and I don't I don't agree with that. Yeah, I don't think that's BS. Because, like, I know, I'm aware that I don't know that much. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I, I may know a thing or two, but I'm not really an expert on anything. Um, I haven't really mastered any skill. Yeah. Uh, though I think that I can pick them up. Right. You know, um, if I put my mind to it. But, uh, but it's, you know... And and I've been I've been a harsh and unfair critic of other people uh, in the past, uh, vocally, 
you know, public yeah, or I'm still heartbroken because you don't like David Byrne. But I don't, I don't <laughs> care. I don't care about David Byrne. And I know I went on a rant that one night, <gasps> no, but just uh, it doesn't matter. I, don't um, care. I mean, maybe one day I'll come around when I'm it's like fine. fifty. You don't have to. <laughs> but um that's just not my alley that's uh, fair <laughs> but you know it's, it's it's one of those things where like if somebody criticizes you or what you're doing that means they were paying attention you know it's interesting though to think about that in the sense of and maybe i'll sound like an old man going through this uh, we might both sound like old men but whatever in in the age of like social media and everybody can put their opinion out there uh and you get the you know the headlines where we read headlines and we don't read the articles and right. having an opinion and forming a critique of something without ever actually taking the time to attempt to have a basis of that opinion or critique because you're following this back and forth of these split second decisions like sure. do you feel like that in your own personal experience artistically or through experiencing other people's creativity that that gets harder, right? Like um, the I've privilege of criticism is a privilege when people give that criticism a fair shot. Right? Well, and, and, you know, you also have to be able to uh, think independently of uh, if, if you're just regurgitating things that you've right. read, right. That's not critical thinking. And but, uh, everyone's opinion is influenced by things that have sure no no i mean like i'm i'm uh, guilty of that myself yeah, plenty of, of times but um but i recognize it i mean i have a short attention span too you know i and, and i've had, i think one of the biggest mistakes that i've had in the past is thinking i know something yeah and being open and harshly critical especially like in my music other people and putting you know people and ideas down that i don't even totally understand yeah or no like yeah. that's not fair it's it's uh very unwise you know yeah. and having this high idea of myself when really like uh i am no i'm not a good example you know for any kind of uh any kind of uh moral compass you know or uh fuck i don't know what else i mean like I'm, i don't think i'm a good example for many things except as uh, representing you know who i've been <laughs> and owning you know my mistakes right but uh but you know even in owning your mistakes i mean it, it is again as, as negative as it may sound in this way it, it's also important mm -hmm. to remind yourself of the things that you've done that have been positive because it is pretty cool to go back yeah uh or someone reminds you of of something that you did for them uh whenever ago yeah and uh and you and what's what's weird is i focus i tend to focus on negative stuff i am naturally i think kind of pessimistic it's more of a negative person yeah but but i also tend to play uh i guess you know devil's advocate and when other people and i also tend to be you know sort of the odd man out in certain situations. Mm -hmm. I often feel outnumbered. Mm. Uh, whereas, I, you know, I, I can feel like I'm part of a group. Yeah. But more often than not, I feel at odds with, yeah. with other people. And I think maybe that's just, I don't know, some deep-seated contrarian attitude. Mm. I'm not really sure where it comes from. But the, 
the good thing about it is that at times when when I've been with people who are being very negative, I see those qualities that I've exhibited, and I want it and, reshapes and how if you I if I care about, about the person, yeah, uh, then I will attempt to give it a different spin, yeah, and think about it in a different way, you know. But and perspective but is key. Yeah, and like to keep to not say that things are always this way or that way. I mean, you say you're a negative person, but you don't strike me as a joyless person in the sense of mm-hmm. being negative doesn't necessarily mean that you're... No, I think that negativity is, is often quite funny. Yeah. No, you take humor in, uh, in that. But it's like that sense of realism that sure. keeps yourself grounded and wanting more and but, I mean, working harder. To even consider myself, uh, to, to even consider myself a realist is, is being kind of generous. Yeah. Because... Uh, I don't even. R- I'm especially in the last few years, I've been confronted with uh, a lot of issues in my own life and just in the way of the world. How unfortunate it all is, mm-hmm. uh, despite you know moments of brilliance and beauty. Yeah. But that I've uh, lived my entire life with privileges that I wasn't even aware of and i'm still figuring out still learning like about yeah. how how lucky and, and i've been that, yeah yeah you know i mean i that's a it's part of life it's it's cool to admit that to yourself and to seek greater meaning within it and learn from it as you go well yeah and i mean but it's it's a you know it's, it's a weird thing because there are there are aspects like when I may sound like I'm being negative about something, mm-hmm. uh, it's often been those are the things that are often freeing for right. me. Right. They they actually take away. Uh, I I should think of a specific example, but um, that I don't know that there is some there is some levity. I feel like when when you start to learn something new, and at first, I think I read this long I read this long uh, essay about uh, white male privilege, mm-hmm. and uh, I s- I saw it. Somebody had posted it, and I didn't want to read it, but I was like, kind of gritting my teeth, like I need I need to see what this is about because. I hadn't even paid attention to that term before. I did not know. Yeah. And I was reading it and it was really depressing. Yeah. But, you know, fuck me. Woe is me. Like these are all things that I've been benefiting from forever. Right. Am I going to uh, you know, like wh- why why should I complain about having to confront these things? Yeah. Like I need to be aware of this. Yeah. And it was kind of a come down, you know, and I've been kind of struggling with it since because part of it made me think you know, it was a, a big ego check. Yeah. You know, to to realize like I'm not as important as I may have led myself to believe or yeah. some people might it's have like led me to believe. It's like a sense of reckoning that comes with yeah that aha moment yeah i don't deserve anything any more than anyone else as far as i know 
I don't even know, like it, it totally, the, the idea of deserving anything has mm -hmm. totally changed for me. I don't know it, whether it's in, in punishment or reward. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I can s really say, you know, that I deserve anything. You yeah. Know? And, um, whether it be good or bad. Um, and, and, and also realizing that in spite of this stuff, this white male privilege and all of the many like various big ways and even very minute, small ways that you could easily brush off and say, ah, that's whatever. But, you know, I have the privilege of not having to be confronted yeah. with, with these well, things all yeah, the time. The, the repercussions from taking an opinion on one side of that are very different from others. So well, and, and also this, and I don't want to drag this out too long. No, I don't know fine. how we're going to be talking, fine. but um, also, you know, this idea of, um, and you see it all the time, and I know that I've, I've been this way before, is how quick people are to argument mm -hmm. over an idea when when they often don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, and and recognizing that I've I've done that. Yeah. And I mean, we all have getting having having an emotional reaction uh, before really addressing any of the facts of the matter, you know, and it's, it's really, it's eye opening, but it also, it, it hurts, you know, to like have to remember this stuff. And, and, and it's, uh, it's, a uh, you know, it, it's just, it's more work. I mean, it, it's work. <laughs> yeah. No. And it, it's like, uh, but it, it doesn't totally hurt. You right. know, when I say it hurts, it's it hurts my ego. It hurt my ego. Yeah. You know, in, in the beginning of starting to listen, you know, to more female perspectives and, and people of color. But even then, I, I still have, you know, these tendencies, like with today, toward listening to music and other things created by white men, Yeah, you know? And most of my friend group, most of my friends consist of white men. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, but 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 branching out from that, I mean, I'm also, you know, as as much as I've learned to be social, I'm not going to go force myself into another community, and they don't you know, owe it to me to accept me, Yeah. you know? So like, but I also don't need to see myself as separate, but I need to respect the fact that I gain from things that other people that I'm not as engaged with as I probably should be. Yeah. The things that they don't gain from. Yeah. You know, and I should use what I have, you know, for for more to reach out for in and yeah, way, to yeah and and as if as if to say like i really have that much to do it's more like a situational thing yeah well no i mean i think you're you're i, I don't know i mean, I mean i'm white male as well so this is 
highly relatable for me too in sure. the sense of yeah i mean you it is a reality of you sit there and you say well yeah i feel like i'm a tolerable person i'm you know i i think through different perspectives and empathize and want to try and understand but then yeah when you actually you have to go be in a situation yeah. that you're not used to yeah. and where you're not being uh treated as you are used to you know by the people that you normally surround yeah. yourself with and suddenly it feels like you're at a disadvantage socially or whatever but really i mean like it i don't that's i don't really i don't really see it that way yeah you know because it, it's just a matter of going into any situation and and being considerate to mm -hmm. other people yeah and it's about uh, creating a place of uh, empathy, a place of honesty and acceptance and tolerance, and and also just a general curiosity of well, and and when you like perspective and when you don't we're all people, yeah, when you don't know people, going in without expectations, mm -hmm. I think is better. Yeah, um, but. Back to the idea of pessimism, I mean, uh, I often imagine things, <laughs> I expect the worst, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. and so I expect to be, you know, ostracized or made fun of, you know, yeah. or like uh, not respected or whatever, which is hardly ever the case. Yeah. Usually people are much more respectful to me than I am to them, I feel like it. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what they expect from me, like in terms of politeness, but, you know, I do what I can, but I also, I have my own ideas about, you know, manners and politeness as well. Well, you know? and I think that the, the perspective that you're taking is you don't think that you have the answers and you want to learn more and learn to be better. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great place to be. Well, uh, yeah, but I mean, I've also been described as being kind of cold toward people, and I, I realize I can be, but I mean. But by by being described that way, it helps you unpack different things about yourself to better understand yeah. how that perception may come across, right. and actually, that's not really the right call. Well, then uh, you can it may how it may be how, how I interpreted initially appear, yeah. and first impressions are not everything. Of course. Unlike what my dad tried to impress <laughs> on me he would say how much like first impressions are everything and like yeah well no it's not because it's just a first impression you get to know somebody after that i don't see any problem with being kind of brusque you know or curt with people as long i mean i think when you cross the line is when you condescend and insult people yeah um but i i don't see the need to live up to other people's expectations of what proper, you right. know, manners or politeness that immediacy, are. The immediacy yeah. of that moment when uh, you have no context. I will yeah. say please and thank you. Sure. Yeah. I'll hold the door open for people. Of course. But I don't have to fucking smile at you. <laughs> like, if I don't feel like smiling, I don't have to smile. And I don't expect anybody to smile at me. Yeah. I do not expect it. Yeah. Uh, there are times when I've been kind of taken off off guard where I'm like, wow, someone's not having a good day. And it's probably they're not even thinking about it, you know? Yeah. 
has nothing yeah, to do with me. Know. You never know. Probably has nothing to do with me. Right. So I don't need to internalize it. Yeah. You know, but like, you know, you, it is good. I, I do feel better when I have a cheery attitude. Yeah. I feel better. If I have a cheery attitude, I know my day is going to go better. Yeah. You know, and it helps, you know, and, and to be a little jokey. Not everybody likes that, but, you know, keep the mood live. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that I like that about your personality, and I think that in getting to know you better over the past few months, um, I think that's who you are, and I think it's great. That's I appreciate it. It warms me up, so I appreciate it. Um, but I also love that uh, we went we were able to take a flipper song in this direction because it's <laughs> it's fun to one of the things when i talk about doing these episodes and like who i bring on and uh, who who wants to come do it is you know it's a, a mixture of people that i know really well or don't know at all or know somewhat and it's really good to be able to have these conversations with you and get to know you better because sure we need to fucking practice and write some new songs. Well, <laughs> I'm about to leave the country for a little bit too. I know, so. I know. Where are you going again? Are you? It's Asia, right? Uh, Malaysia, Indonesia, awesome. Singapore. You're gone for like three weeks. Japan, almost a month. A month, okay. Yeah. Um, right. we'll yeah. Get some work to do when you get back. Oh yeah, we are gonna have to get back <laughs> on it. Um, uh, but uh, one quick note. Yeah, before please. we wrap up. Yeah. Uh, when I realized how much I love Flipper, it was, uh, I was in Chicago shooting a music video uh, for the third Obi and Three's album. Okay. And uh, I was at my friend Aaron's place, Aaron Turney, and uh, we had like fucked up his apartment with spray paint and all this other shit <laughs> to shoot the video. But he was moving out soon. So he was like, I don't care, man. I'm going to move care. out. And so, uh, when we, you know, wrapped the video the last night that I was there, uh, he started painting the walls and I took a shower and I came back out and he was listening to the first Flipper album. Uh, and I'd been hearing it and I didn't ask him right away what it was. Like I heard it, he put it on before I went in to take a shower. I could kind of hear it when I was in there mm -hmm. and I came back out and I was like, what is this? What is this? Like, it was like sticking with me and I was like, I did not expect to like that that much, but this is fucking awesome. Yeah. And, um, so of course I had to get it when I got home and, uh, and then I made some posts on Facebook about, uh, Flipper's the best band ever. No, it was that huh? song. Oh, I posted one. it on Facebook with a real nerdy post just being like, <laughs> like to the untrained ear, this must sound like noise, but to me, this is a pop song. <laughs> the untrained ear. Yeah, and pe line. people are people are like, I mean, that's pretty condescending in itself, <laughs> you know, because I'm putting it out there to a bunch of people who are way ahead of me. All right. And they're like, you fucking nerd. <laughs> and I'm like, um, I don't wear glasses, but allow me to push them up. But um, but no, uh, I put that up, and of course, my friend Shane was like, about time. About time. Yeah. After all these years. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So well, I love your picks. I love learning uh, some more music and uh, some more about you. And really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, fun. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. And uh, until next time, memory tracks. <laughs>